One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Birth Stories with me, Clemmy Hooper, created by Offscript. I was one of those people who always wanted a baby and like would make lists of baby names when I think I was about 10, had lots of dolls, all those sort of things. Leading up to my 30th birthday, I said to my husband, we're either going to get married or you're going to make me pregnant. These are the two choices. And I think he thought having a baby was less scary. So we went for that and I just got pregnant. We did the sex, had a bonk, and, uh, and then all of a sudden a baby started growing in my tummy. I knew straight away, as soon as he, he had flooded flooded me with his man juice, I had a very strange feeling, like the next day I was like, I think I'm pregnant, I think I'm pregnant. And then my boobs started hurting on like day three, and then like on day five, couldn't stop pissing, then I couldn't shit. All the classics, textbook tick. I was a bit of like a pregnancy nerd, like I loved it and I read all the books and pregnancy dork, that's what I was, Clevy. <laughs> Hello, I'm Clemmie Hooper and welcome to Birth Stories, a podcast where I talk to amazing women about the fascinating and unique ways they had their babies. Just a quick note, we'll be talking about childbirth in a lot of detail, so you may not want to listen to this podcast around young children. Today's guest is comedian, writer, podcaster and one half of the Scummy Mummies duo, Helen Thorne. Helen's first child, Matilda, was born at home in 2008. Helen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Clemmy. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about talking about my fanny to the internet. <laughs> Thanks, Clemmy. Well, you know, it's like my favourite subject oh. after poo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Poo, fannies, and then what? Well, McDonald's. Let's, <laughs> let's see where we can go. So I'm I'm really interested in when you said you just knew you were pregnant like straight away. This is before you even did a test. Yeah. Um, how did your boobs feel? Oh my god, enormous! I already have quite big jugs. Yeah. I think I think it was like an E cup, and then I went straight to G. Straight away. Straight away. Yeah. Straight away. And don't touch them. No. Ooh. No. No. And the, and the, and the enlarged nipples like oh. they went like like a slice of salami, like yeah. a mortadella burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So all those sort of changes, and yeah, I loved I loved all the things about like gorgeous nails and fabulous hair. Did you have all the good stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great, and I I just the hunger, like I just wanted to eat lots of carbs and lots of cheese and all that sort of stuff, and could not stop drinking like Fanta. Was this when you were in the spewy bit? Yeah, yeah, in that first trimester. Just wanted to eat all the junk and all the shit. And I was like, I can eat this. I'm pregnant. Bring it on. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're just so constipated, you basically look pregnant as well. Yeah, exactly. And and like the tears almost. I mean, I didn't enjoy that. Nobody enjoys being constipated. No. Nobody in the whole world. And I remember my friend said, oh, you could just get a a lolly stick and fish it out. And I was like, I don't think I want to do that. No. I don't usually want anything up my ass. No. On a good day. Uh, (laughs) A lolly stick. A lolly stick. Pull out a little poo lolly. (laughs) (laughs) Little shit chupper chup. Um, Straight into poo chat. Oh, that's where you brought me here. (laughs) 
I knew I could rely on you, Helen Thorne. Thank you. So um, you've gone past the spewy bit, yeah. and then you're in the good bit, aren't you? Yeah, and that, you feel great. You do, and you've got, and you can go. Like I loved going into Gap and stuff and buying the stretchy jeans. Oh yeah, I'm sure has this come up on the podcast already? The elastic waisted jean it was like a revelation. Like why aren't we all wearing these all the time? I think I still wear quite a lot of my maternity leggings. Oh god, it's just, a fucking joy. It's so and high waisted pants, and then no underwire, so your boobs are just kind of. I mean, they're they're up, but not really up. They're kind of they're loosely supported. So that was really awesome. And and there was a sort of I kind of I kind of liked the attention. And I wasn't. Yeah. So this is when I'd had a break in comedy, right? So I'd oh. done I'd done comedy in Australia, and I moved to the UK, and I was living in Cambridge. And it was really nice to be part of a community as well. So I'd I'd only been living in England for a couple of years, and so this was a way I could kind of meet new friends yeah it's probably a bit needy I think you are quite needy and vulnerable when you're pregnant and mm. you I don't know did you do some antenatal classes yeah so I did the classic NCT yeah and that was really nice because I think it was so lovely to share that with other other mums and I, the thing that I really loved was doing pregnancy yoga oh yeah got into me what was called golden thread breath oh yes and it was just really nice having that time because as you know from the births after that and pregnancies after that, you just don't have that time just to no. focus on that precious little thing um, growing. And so it was really lovely having that time and talking to the baby and, and doing all that sort of bonding sort of stuff. Like, you, you're going to be amazing and you're going Aww. to be lovely and all that sort of thing. So I really enjoyed that process. And yeah, and it was it was strange because like my mum was in Australia and all the family was over there. So um, like we found out the sex at twenty weeks, and so was I really liked that part of it because I was like, oh, I'm going to have a little girl, and what adventures are we going to have together, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I was like, she's never going to wear any pink, and she's going to be a feminist. I mean, all that goes out the window, doesn't it? <laughs> Can um, I just um, say, listeners, that Helen is wearing the coolest and brightest pink jumpsuit <laughs> today. I am totally pink um, <laughs> and pink lipstick. Yes, exactly. Um, so. So you have all these sort of, I guess, wishes and aspirations for your child and all that sort of stuff. And I kind of like it was sort of like the daydreamy bit, that sort of second trimester as well, because you could still walk, you could still do stuff. You could still occasionally enjoy a nice glass of, you know, fizz and stuff like that. So that was really nice. I liked it. And then what kind of drew you to um, thinking about home birth for your kind of choice for place of birth oh well I had a really lovely midwife called Claire in Cambridge and um yeah I'd sort of read up about it but actually the big change was actually Will my husband read a book about home birth oh really for men and he said look if you want to do a home birth I'll support you really so I think having a supportive midwife and a supportive husband was you know and then if you want it that's sort of like the triangle really isn't it yeah you've got that kind of support and I kind of like the idea and my mum had had five children I'm one of five and all very straightforward births you know all vaginal I love saying that word vaginal (laughs) (laughs) vaginal births and I just thought I kind of look like her I've got big hips probably got a massive hole um I think it's gonna be okay Okay. I know, and it was a weird kind of thing. Like, we didn't have a car at the time, and I was like, oh, God, I'd have to get a taxi. May as well just have it at home. <laughs> Come to me, people. So, yeah, and I know other friends had tried to have similar sort of situations, like in midwife led units and things uh-huh. like that, and sort of there was that kind of focus on um, that kind of birth, less mm. interventions. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, look, if I can do it, that would be great. And my and as soon as I said it, my midwife almost salivated. Do you do that when they go, yeah. thinking of a home birth? Oh, 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 oh. It's the yeah. love it. <laughs> I'll be like, yay! <laughs> 
So I and as soon as that thought sort of entered the or you know that idea sort of entered um, everyone's minds, uh, off we went. And so I researched all the birthing pool options and all that sort of Are stuff. You, did you hire one? We ended up buying one. It was like a hundred quid. Yeah, and you know, the, like the blue inflatable. Yeah, exactly. With the liner. Yes, got to get liner. the liner because uh, then you can sell them on. Yes, exactly. That's what I did after the birth. Um, but yeah, so so that was really good. And then um, yeah, so all the preparations were made. But I made a choice not to tell family in Australia. Ah, I was just about to ask you that. Yeah, because I know. Well, as women, we are judged. Oh yeah, like home birth, a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Yeah. What made you come to that conclusion? Why did you decide, let's just keep it between you and your midwife? Well, my, my mother-in-law is a massive warrior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's other words I could probably say with what, but I'm a warrior. She's a massive warrior. And I thought, look, it's not worth it because I always had in the back of my mind, if things get a bit tricky, I'll go to hospital. So there's no point in... You know, I don't know if I'm going to have a home birth. Really, nobody really does. You no. can you can wish and write it down and laminate your birth plan as much <laughs> as you like. Frame it for fuck's sake. Whatever happens, happens. Um, so I thought I won't tell her because she's going to worry. And my mum, look, she she's very traditional. She was a nurse, uh, like a children's nurse, and you know she was up in stirrups. You know, full medical kind yeah. of thing. Even though she had straightforward birth, she was very much of the hospital kind of yeah. persuasion. So, um, yeah, so I just I thought, no, I'll tell a select group of friends who I know I can trust. And even still, some people are like, isn't that a bit selfish? Isn't oh. that a bit, you know, is it, aren't you thinking of the baby, just thinking of yourself? And I was like, no, no, no. So that was nice. I was really thrilled to share yeah. that with some people. So I think it, it's still one of those things. I mean, home births were the only births for forever, up until what a hundred years ago? Yeah, people were still having babies on the kitchen table. Yeah, um, and obviously now there's so many more safer options. Agreed, but if you can have a home birth, why not? Yeah. Did you live quite close to the hospital? Yeah, it was about ten minutes. So was so, that quite a big factor for you? Yeah, I just thought, yeah. look, you know, and the midwife team was always like, look, we'll keep you monitored. You know, if we don't think you're going the way you should, yeah, off we go. So you had. An experienced home birth team that do home births all the time. Yeah. So they know when things maybe aren't normal. Yeah. And so that must have felt reassuring. Yeah. Um, I guess if you live in the sticks and there's one midwife who probably has done maybe one home birth in the last 10 years, you yeah. know, your decision yeah. making may be different. Exactly right. And so I had a really confident team. I felt really safe and that I could have that option really. So it was good. Could. I was very lucky and the bloody wonderful NHS and these just, women just arrived at your house and helped you have a baby. It was all very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so you're getting to what, like 40 weeks? When, yeah. Uh, when did you start going into labour? What was the first thing that you thought, oh, well, something's happening? Hilariously, um, I went into labour the day before Matilda was due. Oh. I laughed very hard and then a big whoosh happened. What? Me waters broke. You broke your waters by laughing. Yeah. This is brilliant. <laughs> and it was just like, that. it was like, oh, gross. I really wet myself Did this you time. Think, yeah, you thought yeah, you Yeah, I had done a big wee. So that was like 9.30 at night. And I was like, oh, oh, having a baby. My husband just spun around like some kind of idiot. He's like, ah, 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 ah. And we sort of <laughs> rang the hospital and they're like, well, ring us when you're in labour, labour. Yeah. I was like, but I am. I, my waters are breaking. Yeah. Off I go. And then I think the first contraction happened a couple of hours after that. So did and you go I, to sleep? Yeah, they did all that thing. Just have some paracetamol. 
they, you, you guys, <laughs> midwives, let's have a bit of paracetamol go to bed. And I'm just lying there going, when's my baby coming? Where's my baby coming? And you're just all flooded with, you know, uh, anticipation. And, um, yeah, about 11 o'clock, then the first contraction came and I was like, oh, motherfucker. Oh, whoa. Um, and because I just thought, oh, it's just going to be like a periody kind of feeling. And um, and my husband was there writing down the contractions and measuring it, <laughs> measuring the time and all that sort Aww. of stuff. And, you know, I'd done all that six months of, um, you know, pregnancy yoga and trying to do me breaths and uh, and the pain was very immense. But, so quite quickly it ramped up. You didn't yeah. sort of have the slow build up. Yeah, it's sort of, it was sort of, you know, and then and then I could kind of manage it because I knew the next one would be quite similar. But I think the transition happened about 1 a.m. And that's when we rang the midwife and was like, no, it's happening. And I, it was because I'd hopped in the bath mm-hmm. and I was quite relaxed. And I think that's when it kind of really oh, wrapped really? up. That's when I went bovine. That's when I started <laughs> to go, oh, oh, oh. Um, Yeah, so that's... Because that can do the opposite sometimes, getting in the water too soon. Oh, does it slow yeah, it down? Yeah, it can do. Oh. So, but I think when labour's happening and you're progressing well, mm. it just progresses. Yeah. If baby's sometimes not in the right position or contractions are still a bit irregular, that's when it can slow down. Yeah. So you started making noises quite quickly. Yeah. So I remember that. And then the if for some reason, she was born in October, it started snowing. No way. And it was really fucking cold. And the midwife arrived. And she was a bit grumpy. She's like, oh, there's no parks outside. I was like, oh, you've had a tough time. <laughs> um, and she just laid me down on my floor. And then she just stuck her fingers up me and it's like oh look you're two centimeters dilated I'll come back in a few hours oh. and I was like oh, okay okay and then so how I just, did that make you feel oh uh, not great not empowered a, no no it wasn't you know I do love being fingered that was not my favorite time um <laughs> maybe her words could have been a little more sensitive like, yeah you're doing brilliantly yeah but I'm gonna go home and rest yeah not right now <laughs> Love. Um, yeah, so Will and I were sort of left and I tried the TENS machine, you know, with electrical pads and, oh, that was bullshit. Did not like that. <laughs> Wanted to throw that out the window and throw it at my husband. <laughs> so um, a TENS machine stands for Trans Electrical Nerve Stimulator. Right. And um, there's four pads, sticky pads, and you stick two just like under your bra line mm. and two sort of just on your sacrum, just yeah. above your bottom. And it kind of, yeah, it is like little tingly. It feels a little bit like an electric shock. Mm. And the idea is you press it when you get a contraction so that you, your brain doesn't think about the pain or intensity of a contraction. It focuses on another thing. So you thing. get twice as much pain, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a diversion. Uh, it's like a psychological diversion. It's basically that. Yeah. Um, benefits are that obviously you're not giving yourself any drugs to you or baby. Um, They're portable. Mm. So if you're like mobilising, can't use them in a pool for obvious reasons. Ovs, yeah. Ovs. Um, Some people swear by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what's really important is try everything. Try anything. You never know what's going to work for you. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, it did not for me. No. (laughs) (laughs) I think some people get irritated by the feeling after a while. Yeah, it's it's, it's not itchy, but it's a funny sort of, yeah, it's quite intense, sort of like little scratches on your skin. Um, So it just wasn't, it wasn't my thing. And I I think because I was so into making noises and mooing and breathing, that that sort of was seeing me through. And then, um, yeah, just did a lot of like bouncing on the ball 
all falls over the couch, that kind of shiz. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then it started really progressing. And I think it was about 5am when we said, no, really, guys, come back, please. Yeah. And that's when the husband was like blowing up the pool and hoping things would get get moving. So I think, I can't remember how much dilated I was by then. So the dawn had broken sort of thing. And we knew knew she wasn't too far away. So dawn had broken, literally. Yes. The sun was rising. Was it still snowing? Yeah. It I was love this about freaking it Freaking cold. It was really cold, like a like a sort of uh, freakish kind of cold snap in October. Uh, yeah, so I tried I tried the tens. I did try and take some paracetamol, but I threw it up about right. halfway through. And I was like, no, my body doesn't want any drugs. I'm <laughs> so pure. Um, so, yeah, that was it, really. So, uh, yeah, I had no, apart from that tiny bit of tens and the, and the paracetamol, I didn't have any pain relief. Wow, no gas? Fuck an idiot. No. It was fucking painful, listener it was really hard but I sort of felt I'm going to get through this and yeah and I think so the midwife sort of came I think it was about yeah five or six a.m. and um and they were just very quiet they came really quietly and uh I was such a dork I'd like put out some candles we we're playing some classical music it was all very good but and then there was me <laughs> in the middle of the lounge just going <laughs> Your golden breath. Yes. And my, my husband said it sounded akin to tuning a car. So they knew that the the baby was pushing or making its way down because I kind of go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like you could, you could, you could, he could hear it in the way I was making noises yeah. where the baby was sort of. Amazing. I mean, plus the massive gaping hole at the end of <laughs> at the end of me. But um, yeah. Were you um, naked at this point? Did you just take all your clothes off? Or uh, were you quite private? I think, and- yeah, I think I just had like a tank top on, or maybe knickers at that stage. Because mm. um, I think we'd crank the heating up as well. Yeah, it was so freaking cold outside. But it wasn't. I think I got in the pool about. It wasn't until about 10 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, so that's when I sort of, they always said, oh, yeah, you're ready to go into the pool now. Oh, great. And what does it feel like? Oh, my God. Absolute fucking heaven. Yeah. Have you, did you do that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, Someone was giving me this enormous warm cuddle. Yeah. So I was sort of leaning at the on the side of the pool and Will was at the face end and holding my hands and the midwives were at the at the other end. And so that was how we liked it. But and also, of course, yes, I did do a poo in the pool. Yes. And they had they had the magic sieve Yay! from my drawer. Ah, from my own You didn't kitchen. buy a special one. I didn't think of it at the time. I think I was just thinking, oh, no, it's not going to be nice. The water gets quite mucky. Yeah, a little, <laughs> gets, little murky. little discoloration. Uh, yeah, so I had eaten lamb shanks the night before, like a big casserole. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you can, and as you can imagine, there was, there was some chunky chunks um, <laughs> coming out, which I, I could kind of feel, but I, psychologically I was just going, don't think about it, don't just, just keep focusing on pushing the baby out, yeah. even though you're blowing out some... <laughs> Nasties out of your ass. <laughs> the, the midwives are very discreet. I could, I could just, I could feel the just the whooshy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as midwives, we get really excited if a woman does a poo. Oh, I see. Because um, it means that baby is imminent. So it's pushing down in the yeah, right spot. As the baby pushes down in your pelvis, it's going to push on you know your pelvic floor, which is all connected to your anus and your rectum, and. Um, a lot of women have loose stools in early labour, which is like the body's way of flushing out. Yeah, um, like and, a homemade enema. Yeah, 
perfect, which are often, yeah, very loose. Yeah. And vomiting is very normal. But towards yeah. the end, it changes. Oh. So um, when a woman says, I feel like I need to do a poo or, or does a poo, we get... Yay. Yay! We're a little excited. Another and... delivery's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally normal if we yeah. see a sieve, but I love the fact they looked in your kitchen for a sieve. <laughs> I know. Did you throw that sieve away? Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I framed it. Yeah, uh, it's on. It's on the mantelpiece. Yeah, um, I love yeah. <laughs> so that bit, that bit, you know, wasn't as glamorous, but 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 you can't pretend that birth is anything but like no. it's it, it's it's all very bodily fluidy. Well, it's got to come out, hasn't it? Yeah, it does. So then you were pushing, yeah, and was that all quite spontaneous? Would you say that you there was no way of stopping when you need to push? You just went for yeah, your life. Yeah, I, I had a really long. Um, is it third stage? Second? What's the pushy stage? Um, the second stage. Yeah, and so that that went for about an hour. Mm. Um, because I think I was trying to control. I think I was a tiny bit scared not scared but just apprehensive because I knew this was going to be the really hurty bit and she wasn't keen to whoosh out either right um it was really different from my second uh birth where he I think he came in about 15 minutes yeah but um yeah I just sort of controlled it and did more mooing god the midwives were probably over my cow noises by then just can't believe you Helen were so loud and labor it just doesn't oh, kind of connect does it I know it's like like I'm describing a different person I Let was me. really loud in labor awesome oh completely like Bonkers loud. That's a good idea. That, that oh. made me feel stronger for yeah, some reason. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like yeah. I really wanted to kind of roar it out. Yeah. It I was, mean, it's so primal. Yeah, yeah. And there's something about, uh, you know, like swearing or, or or doing something like that that almost feels like it helps the pain. Like, well, you know, and that you science. stub your toe. Yes, exactly. Stand on a bit of Lego. Yes. Oh, oh. fucking hell. <laughs> so you're getting close. You're getting to yeah. crowning point, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Did that, Will look? Was there a mirror? No, 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 no. He stood like he was there up, yeah. by your face. Yeah, so he was sort of sat on the floor. So we were in my lounge, and I was really holding his yeah. hands tight and doing a lot of face to face. And it, so that was really awesome. But yeah, far out. And I really thought I was ripping from front to back at that yeah. stage. And like the first massive sting, and then I was like, oh my god, that's just that's just the crown. That's just the ooh. ooh. But yeah, she had to come out. So, yeah. And then I was like, right, come on, just fucking grit down and do it and then she sort of just as you know just sort of fell out after that I mean and that that was the most incredible feeling incredible relief yeah 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 the head is definitely well obviously it's the hardest Mm. um but once the head's out I always say that to women I'm like once your baby's head's out then they just kind of slither out like a fish yeah yeah it's it's quite strange because you get that kind of like the slippery shoulders and then it's like out out and so yeah so um, the midwife made me do this kind of strange move. So I was on all fours and then I kind of flipped over, put my leg around oh, and, yeah. then, and then just pulled her out of Did the water. Did you bring her up? Yeah, oh, which I was really her. magical, really <gasps> magical. And then just sort of held her close. Uh, and I've got a photo. The midwife snapped it as I just... <gasps> Did she? Yeah, as I just sort of saw her and Will was just behind me. And she was she was absolutely coated in that white shit. What's it called? Vernix. Vernix. Yeah. Like, like you just got a scoop of moisturiser and just kind of going... Because she was... That was her due date. Yeah, she she was born basically at midday on her due date. Because normally if uh, babies are born a little bit early, then Mm. you'd expect them to be covered in vernix. But wow, that's cool. She was quite guppy, but lovely. But one of the the most incredible things that happened, she didn't cry. She made a noise and it went, hello, hello. What? And we all fucking fell over. So it was like she was talking. 
I know you think I'm making this up. No. Fucking weirdo. But you wish you'd filmed it now. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but yeah, all the midwives were like, Did you hear that? And I'm like, Yeah, I heard well, she that. She kept doing it. She just said it twice. Hello, hello. <gasps> and that was it. Like a parrot. Yeah, I know. Hello. <laughs> um, it was really, really weird. Really weird. And Matilda oh. makes me tell that story too. Everyone. Everyone. Oh. Um, and then we're like, oh, my God, this is so calm and magical. And then she turned purple and just screamed. Yeah. Just, ah, fuck <laughs> this. I was really happy. <laughs> What'd you do to me? Um, yeah. Did but, you cry? Yeah, it was really, it was lovely. Oh. And one of the nicest things the midwife did is she got a massive tablespoon of honey and shoved it in my gob. Great. Watch. Oh, who knew? I know. Like, that was so You just need lovely. that sugar. Yeah. Yeah, my midwife gave me, I had, um, I couldn't drink it now actually, weirdly, but you know, like coconut water. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd been drinking a bit of it in labour. Mm. And then afterwards, she just like stuck my straw in it and was just like, drink that, drink that yeah. loads when yeah. I had the twins. Because um, I think she was worried about, you know, like blood loss and feeling yeah. a bit. I just had this massive boost of electrolytes yeah I guess. it's meant to be yeah someone said have, have people um, do it when they're running don't they like yeah. up post like a marathon yeah but that's so cool that she did that oh it was really lovely so it was me and I think there's two midwives and my husband just yeah. there and then we all just had a cup of tea oh. so I sat I sat in the pool for about an hour and didn't deliver the placenta right and so was and, she still connected and she was connected because oh. I'd done all the hippie it's not even hippie but it's a really nice thing to do if that is available. I mean, now sit. it's recommended. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Optimal yeah. cord clamping. So, yeah. Traditionally, midwives would, baby's born, literally put the clamp on the cord straight away. Yeah. But what we know now, because mm-hmm. we better ourselves through, um, you know, research and studies, that um, the placenta has got loads of blood in it mm. and that blood belongs to baby. So, let baby have that blood. Yeah. Gives baby oxygenated blood, makes it healthy. You see the colour change in baby. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really nice thing to do if your baby doesn't need any, you know, yeah. resuscitation. Yeah, yeah. Rub down with the towel. Yes. I've, I've seen that. I've seen Did the you movies. have a lot of towels? Yeah, so many towels. And then, then that was the shock where they're like, all right, so you've got to deliver the placenta now. And I was like, oh, <laughs> poor old ravaged Fanny. At least uh, it's soft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I sort of tried to deliver it to the pool and they were like, no, the best thing to do is stand up. And I literally put down a <laughs> shopping bag on the floor. And, and it I just went, fell out. Ugh! Yeah. <laughs> Bunk. Yeah. And then they took it off. Um, they took it away to the hospital. And they get rid of that. Yeah. So that was that. Did you need stitches? No. Massive vag, everyone. No, Massive you just pushed her out in a very controlled this way. Is what, this is what the uh, midwife said. She said, because you kind of slowed down a bit. Yes. Maybe that helped with just stretching it slowly. Definitely. Definitely. I still just think I've got a gaping hole. So that was that. And then, yeah, and then they stuck around just for like an hour or two. Yeah. And then my, my husband felt like He-Man. He managed to drain the pool, uh, like using a siphon. And then, um, yeah, we just packed that all up and that was it. Why we, we were parents. And then what did you get, get into bed on the sofa? Oh, just on the sofa and um, just tried to breastfeed as much as I can. Yeah. And then mum and dad came over. They were over from Australia, walked through the snow. They were already over? yeah. And it's good. I'd seen them for dinner the night before. Your lamb shanks. My lamb shanks, thank you. Uh, yeah, and they just popped over and that was it. Helen, how did you feel after you gave birth? Not just obviously physically, like yeah. you're going to feel sore and achy. Mm. Did you have this like moment of, yeah, I did it? Yeah, I did. I, I, felt really, I felt really proud of myself, actually. Did you? I felt 
like makes you feel like crying when you say that. I know it was it was just one of those things. I was like, I did this. I and also I carried this baby for nine months. Like this is this is just about me right now. I mean, it's kind of a little bit like my husband, but but <laughs> I, I was. But you know, you're so critical of your body, or you are primed. The whole world is telling you to criticize your body, and I at that moment I just went. Everything I've done is okay. Like this is great, and um, yeah, I felt I felt really kind of like oh, I, I did it, and it, it is a very strange feeling. And then you get that whoosh of responsibility, going fuck, my boobs have to keep this baby alive. Yeah, and it's all about your body, and you're everyone's looking at your body. So I think that's that was quite. It was really proud, but quite overwhelming. Helen, you've said previously that you found your birth annoyingly perfect. Yeah. I, I, I'm that wanker. I'm annoying. <laughs> and also, I was the first person in my NCT group to have a baby. Ah. Right? So I had it on her due date. I had the home birth, no stitches. I was fucking... I, I'm sure they were all like, oh, well done, Helen. Well done. Great. <laughs> so happy for you and your big fanny and your home birth. Lovely, lovely. And it, it is a strange thing when you're sharing your birth story. I just think it's a roll of the dice. I don't think I did anything in particular special or that I am special or any of that that sort of bullshit. Um, but I do like talking about having a positive home birth experience because um, I remember talking to a midwife and she's saying, I said, what are the chances of having a home birth? And she said, probably about 40 or 50% of women can do it. Yeah. But only I think like two or 3% do it. Is that right? In Or some kind of percentage. Anyway, it's, yeah. the percentage is quite low. About it's quite low for your first baby. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't want to kind of go... This is the birth you should have. This is just the birth I happen to have, really. And it is it is strange because like a lot, lots of friends had so many different births, and they're all bloody amazing, aren't they? Our bodies are fabulous. So mm. yeah, there is there is that thing. I think sometimes I feel a bit, oh God, shut up, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because um, we have a variety of birth stories on this podcast, and um, I would say that every woman who's told their birth story, and to me professionally always make excuses mm. and always go, oh, well, I had an epidural, but, um, oh, I had to be induced. But, you know, it's like mm. we still, as women, cannot just own it. Yeah, exactly. Just own, you had an amazing birth. Mm. But I don't feel that women should be ashamed of having amazing birth, just as I don't think anyone should be ashamed if they had to have an emergency section or elective or an epidural. Like, Yeah, they're all amazing. Birth is birth. Yeah. How you birth your baby shouldn't define who you are and yeah I think I think that's right and I think that and it's only one day of your life and then like I had a son who bit people for every day for two years I was oh. like fucking hell that was that was the real test <laughs> That was the real test of going, making sure my son didn't bite anyone when he was a toddler. That fucking stressed me out. I'd have seven No births. epidural for motherhood, Helen. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> Only wine, people. Only wine. Um, and it, even afterwards, even though I had a healthy baby, he was, you know, a good eight-pounder, and when I told them I had a home birth, they're like, oh, why did you do that? Oh, God. You know, they, you could have died, she could have died. I'm like, but, but she didn't. She didn't die. We're okay. <laughs> but I think they still want to feel... Oh, like an opportunity to judge you, I think. So I think that's, yeah, that's a bit shit, really. Yeah, and I think you're right. People will find something to be negative about or pull you down for. So you can't fucking win, can you? I think that's that's, that's <laughs> just, life, isn't I it? No, you do just have to be proud of who you are and what you achieved. And ultimately, everyone gets a baby, whether it's, you know, through the boot or through the car, <laughs> through the sunroof. So, yeah, I'm a, 
you know, I wet myself all the time. So, you know, good times. <laughs> Okay, we can do a little listener question. Oh, like yes, please. Yes. I read about a lady, oh, you're going to love this, Helen, <laughs> who pooed herself repeatedly while giving birth with every contraction she was pooing. I was already terrified of pooing in front of people and now I'm convinced this is going to happen to me. Is there anything I can do to stop it? No. <laughs> you just got to own it. <laughs> You've got to embrace it. I... Yes, as you said, a poo is a great sign. Yes. Own it. And also, your midwife has seen always seen much worse than you. That's what I was going with. Always. And I did that whole weird thing. Like, I went and got waxed a couple of days before my birth. And it was the most... That was more humiliating. Because the poor waxer looked at me like this enormous whale. Enormous, hairy fucking whale. And was, like, trying to get wax strips. And we were standing. I was cocking my leg up on a chair. She's trying to wax me. What, what, why did I do that, Clemmy? Why did you do that, Why Helen? did I do that, dickhead? You thought, you thought that's what Oh, that'd be want. nice. That'll, that'll, yes. <laughs> that'll literally polish the turd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think before you have kids, I think it is very normal to feel terrified of putting in front of yeah. people because up until now... It's pretty gross, yeah. You're private, aren't you? You yeah. go to the loo. Um, I do think there's a lot to be said about your birth environment, though. And wherever you give birth, you'll have access to a toilet. So if you're in hospital, you often have an ensuite toilet. Mm. Um, I think it's something you could definitely explore with your birth partner, um, your husband, wife, to talk about. Because if that's something that you're really scared about, that potentially could hold you back in labour. Mm. Fear is a massive yeah. contributor to labour not progressing. Yeah. Um, I would also talk to your midwife about it. Mm. Hopefully she'll reassure you, just as Helen and I have. And, you know, you're not alone to think you're worried about it. But as Helen has described, when you're pooing and you're at that stage, the baby's coming. Yeah. Like, this is the moment. That's the fireworks. Yeah. That's <laughs> the firework of poo. <laughs> Um, the last thing she said is that anything I can do to stop it. Well, also, the other thing to say about poo is not everyone poos. Yeah. So you may worry about it and then it might not happen. I, it didn't happen to me second time round, and I had a water birth and the whole shabu. Yeah. But yeah, go with it. I don't think I pooed in labour. But At then all. again, I don't, I don't really care. No. I mean, it's just one of those things. Just, everything is just the roll of the dice. That's the thing. I'd probably say don't have lamb shanks the night before. Do not have lamb shanks. No. Or, but yeah, and, and you're always told to have a really hot, curry as well yeah, that's gonna... you, you don't you don't need to no. do that best thing to do best thing to eat in sort of early labor is carb loading so porridge yeah pasta yeah that kind of thing good banana banana yeah, yeah. you just want something that's slow release that isn't going to give you diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you for the question if you've got a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast please email birthstoriespodcast at gmail.com Helen. Clemmy! Thank you so much for coming oh. on. This has been brilliant. And telling me your wonderful birth story of Matilda. How can people find out more about you? You've got so much going on. Go on, plug yourself. All right. Let's let's blow smoke up my own ass. Um, so I'm part of the Scummy Mummies uh, comedy duo, and we are touring up and down the country. You can get dates from scummymummies.com. And um, yeah, we have a podcast called The Scummy Mummies, which you have been on. Yes. Hilarious. And I also do a little side hustle called The Fat Lot of Good podcast which is a podcast all about bodies amazing thanks man this has been an absolute delight thank you 
Thank you for listening to Birth Stories with me, Clemmy Hooper. Remember to subscribe on your favourite podcast app so that you can listen as soon as the podcast comes out each week. And please rate it and leave a review if you have time. You can find more birth stories on my blog, Gas and Air, and you can find me on Instagram at Mother of Daughters. Birth Stories was produced by Hannah Varrell and created by Offscript. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.